Good morning, PRISM. It is a beautiful day for us to worship and celebrate our faith together. If you're able, get on your feet. We're opening our service today with a little Beatles tune. Let it be. Let it be, 
All right, let's give it up for the Prism Riot Band, you guys. Does anybody else remember when Sesame Street did their version of that song, Letter B? Yeah, I was thinking of the letter B. Letter you guys, that was awesome. <laughs> well, y'all have a seat. I'm Pastor Mimi. Welcome. Uh, let's all get out our cell phones and check in on Facebook and let our neighbors know where we ran off to this morning. Maybe uh, next week they'll follow us here. Wouldn't that be great? And there's also a QR code that you can scan with your phone while you've got it out. Take a picture or scan it. That's going to take you straight to our calendar so you can see all the things happening this fall around the campus. You don't want to miss any of that. We're going to light the Christ candle right here. Beautiful. All right, and there's an attendance pad. These are on each of your aisles. Just take this and fill it out and pass it down to your neighbor. This helps us keep track of what we need to keep track of. It helps us out a lot, and you can write us little notes in there and then communicate that way. Um, we are in the middle of our new message series, Harvesting the Fruits of the Spirit, which is based on Galatians 5.22, which says, But the fruits of the Spirit are love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, generosity, faithfulness, and self-control. And so today the focus of our series is uh, peace, patience, kindness, and gentleness. So let's take a, a look at this, peace, patience, kindness, and gentleness in action. We're in here tonight with Dean Reynolds and a lesson in kindness. A flight attendant on an Alaska Airlines trip to Portland last week asked an urgent question. Did anyone on board know sign language? So then I pressed the call button, and then she came and she was like, so we have a passenger on the plane who's blind and deaf, so like, do you know how to fingerspell? And I was like, yeah, I totally know how to fingerspell. That's how 15-year-old Clara Daly came to take up a position next to 64-year-old Tim Cook and begin a conversation. They thought that he might like need something and they weren't sure how to communicate. Clara, who began to learn signing only about a year ago, took Cook's hand and letter by letter unlocked his wishes for water, arrival time information, and much more. He was just like lonely and wanted to talk. <laughs> Which is what the two did for an hour or more. I was just kind of thinking like, wow, this is like really cool. I hope I don't spell anything wrong. <laughs> Seated nearby, passenger Lynette Scribner thought it was cool, too. She took this photo and wrote an account of Clara's act of kindness on Facebook, calling it a beautiful reminder in this time of too much awfulness that there are still good, good people who are willing to look out for each other. That post has been shared more than 600,000 times. Doing something like that is just what anyone would have done. It's weird that I'm getting so much attention for just doing something that I wouldn't have thought twice about doing. It's not weird, Clara. It's good. Dean Reynolds, CBS News, Chicago. Amen. Yeah. Let us pray. Gracious God, we are so excited to get to come together and worship you together this morning. God, we thank you for all the fruits of the Spirit. We pray that we may all experience them more fully in our lives. Thank you for your presence with us as we worship you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. And now it's our favorite part of the service where if you can get up out of your chair and go meet somebody you haven't met yet, go do it. Meet somebody new.
that there's some debate among folks about how they feel about that song. The word reckless love, referring to God's love for us, is offensive to some people. And I don't know about you, but I love the idea of a love that's going to keep chasing me down and never give up.
breaks the chains And every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb Every knee will bow Say 
Y'all have a seat. November is the time of year where we all start to think about thankfulness and generosity. And last week we just began a new campaign called Pathways to Generosity. And you might have noticed this new beautiful rainbow sign back there called the Giving Path. That's something that we're all introducing on both sides of the street. And it's just a path on the pathway to generosity. Maybe you're a beginning tither. Maybe you're a, a tither that's been uh, donating funds for years and years, and you're going to grow in your giving. So take a, a minute to just look at that. Um, during this campaign, for the next four weeks, you're going to hear little stories. And here is one about how our generosity, whenever we give to our church specifically, how it ben benefits others. This is about how our generosity makes a difference for our elders at GUMC. Supporting our elders is vital to our membership. The elder care ministry does this in many ways, including visiting folks where they live to offer support and encouragement, visiting folks in the hospital, organizing events that support our church body toward healthy aging and wellness, Monthly series of socially and intellectually stimulating gatherings and outings are organized and available for older adults, including educating our members in Sunday school circles and small groups for how to plan for significant health life events. The support of our membership shows their generosity and care for our older and oldest members and truly makes a difference. And now we have a story, a personal giving story that you can hear from our friend Henry. Let's watch this video. In the 34 years that we've been members of GUMC, we have been truly blessed with opportunities for service and lay leadership. And now we have another opportunity and that's the opportunity to prayerfully consider our gift to the church at this time. Our gift to the church represents an opportunity, an opportunity to support the missions and the ministries of GUMC, an opportunity to support the missions and the ministries of the United Methodist Church worldwide, and at the same time, an opportunity to fulfill the vow we made when we joined GUMC. In that vow, we promise to support the church with our attendance, our time, our talents, and of course our gifts. And doing so represents true acts of stewardship as we perform each of those. We have been truly blessed in and through our membership at GUMC. As a result, Ginger and I do not consider giving to the church to be an act of obligation or even a single act of donation or making a pledge but rather we consider that to be an opportunity to represent our acts of stewardship as members here at GUMC. And so at this time, I'd like to invite you to join Ginger and I as we have yet another opportunity. And that opportunity is to display Christian generosity and to work toward making our church the church that God would have it to be. All right, thank you, Henry. 
And in the next couple of weeks, y'all are going to be receiving an estimate of giving card in the mail. And on November 19th, we're all going to put these on the altar as an act of worship. This is mine, and all of us pastors today are holding ours up to remind you that we're not asking anyone to do anything that we're not doing ourselves. We've all prayerfully thought about where does God want me to be in my generosity, and I've made my pledge. And so we're all going to do that together on November the 19th. All right. Now it's my favorite time of the celebration where we get to share our praises and our prayer requests with each other. So who has a praise they want to share? I have one. Today's a very big day for our family. My youngest brother flew back home from Juneau, Alaska to be married this afternoon to his high school sweetheart. Yes, yes. So as soon as we're... As soon as we bless and go, I am headed to Carville to get to that Episcopal Church. <laughs> yes. What? Oh, we've got another birthday coming up. Uh, our friend Lynn is having a birthday coming up this week. Happy birthday, Lynn. What size prison T-shirt do you wear? A medium. We've got some birthday fairies over here. They're going to give you a T-shirt. <laughs> Thank you, Glitta and Fran. I see a prize. We've got a couple this week. Michael and I are celebrating our 11th wedding anniversary. Oh, and Gemma and I have a birthday this week. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Happy birthday, y'all. So what size prism t-shirts? The smallest we have. The smallest we have. Happy birthday, sweetie. <laughs> Other blessings, prizes we want to lift up. A little bird told me that somebody else had a birthday this weekend. Rick Kirchhoff, happy perpetual 39th birthday, my friend. <laughs> We've got a long sleeve prism t-shirt in your size, I do believe. And Rick's back there. All right, do we have any uh, anniversaries, other weddings, engagements, births coming up, blessings we want to lift up? Okay, any prayer concerns we want to lift up together? I know the nation of Israel is all on our minds. If you're watching the news at all, that's always in the forefront. So we're going to continue to pray for them. Any others? Yes. Um, yeah, my mother's having uh, surgery to repair torn Achilles on Thursday. <laughs> What's her name? Kathy Moore. Kathy. Okay. Prayers for Kathy. All right. Yes. Good friend, Trey Collier, who uh, was recently diagnosed with uh, throat cancer. Oh, Trey. Prayers for Trey. Okay, got it. Any others? Yes. Coming your way, Joel. Uh, Bill and Kim Johnson and their family and the loss of their son, Eric. Oh, thank you, Bill and Kim Johnson, their son, Eric. All right, any others? All right. Let us go to God in prayer. God, we thank you for the privilege of coming together to pray. You said whenever two or more gather in your name, there you are among us. So God, today we lift to you the nation of Israel and the Gaza Strip, as well as the Ukraine. We pray for you to send peace and end the wars. We pray for the safe return of all hostages and for your peaceful intervention wherever there is conflict. We pray for your comfort and healing for the thousands of victims. We pray also for your comfort and healing for all of us here who are struggling, who are dealing with illness, with grief, and great loss. We thank you, God, for this healing. We thank you for your presence 
and your constant guidance in our lives now and always. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask these things. Amen. Sounds funny, but I just can't stand the pain. Girl, I'm leaving you tomorrow. Seems to me, girl, you know I've done all I can. You see, I beg, stole, and I borrowed. Yeah. Ooh, but now I'm eating. I'm easy like Sunday morning, yeah, yeah, that's why I'm easy, I'm easy like Sunday chains on me I paid my dues to make it everybody wants me to be where they want me to be I'm not happy when I try to fake it no that's why I'm easy Sunday morning, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why I'm easy, I'm easy like Sunday morning, I want to be high, so high, I want to be free. Just me, oh babe. almost gone. 
But as we first reported last March, Chris Rosati still has a lot to say about how to make the world a better place. His most recent revelation was about the butterfly effect. The butterfly effect is this idea that a single butterfly flapping its wings on one side of the globe can, in theory, start a hurricane on the other. It's a physics concept, but Chris wondered if it could be applied to kindness as well. An act of kindness, how far could they go? Last winter, he decided to test the theory at this diner in his hometown of Durham, North Carolina. He saw two girls at the table next to his and gave them each $50 with one very simple instruction. Do something kind. And then we left. That was the end of it? Yeah. And I forgot all about it. Until? We got this email. It included pictures from a village in Africa with people holding signs that read, Thanks a lot for spreading kindness. Chris Rosati. It was the butterfly effect. The two girls responsible were 13-year-old Kate Cameron and her 10-year-old sister Anna. Hi, they say they couldn't believe it when a stranger gave them each $50. You didn't want to let them down? No. That makes you want to do something good with that money. Yes. The girls say they already knew about this village in Sierra Leone where their dad had worked in the Peace Corps. They knew the people there had been working hard to fight Ebola. So the girls paid for a feast to help them celebrate being Ebola-free. They say it felt great to help. It's inspired me. I would definitely encourage other people to do it. Now that it's proven, what do you do? Oh, man. <laughs> you um, get a whole lot of butterflies. They'll flap their wings. <laughs> to that end, Chris Rosati, who's already done so much for North Carolina, launched his latest campaign. He told these screaming fans his plan to give out hundreds of little butterfly grants, $50 each, to any kid who wanted to start changing the world. We did a bake sale for cancer in order to raise money for a cancer hospital. We did a project where we put a bookshelf in a soup kitchen. Since this story first aired, hundreds of kids across the country have either gotten a grant or acted on their own, and it continues to spread. All these acts of kindness, all inspired by one man's simple gesture. Looks like a hurricane's brewing. Steve Hartman, on the road, in Durham, North Carolina. Had you heard of the butterfly effect before? Yeah. Chris Rosetti said he's going to get even more butterflies to flap their wings. Can you imagine if everyone who's in a position to do what he did would do it? We really could change the world for some people by spreading acts of kindness. So PRISM kids, which one of you are ready to take on this challenge? Raise your hand. Are you ready? I see some hands. Come here, sweetheart. Here's $50. We're going to get it started right here. Come here, baby. Here's $50. You go do your own kindness project, and you have a butterfly effect in the world. Yeah. You go, girl. <laughs> All right. Grown-ups, did you see the other kids that raised their hands? Kids, keep your hands raised. There you go. There's a chance to mentor someone and get some more butterfly wings flapping. 
Well, welcome back, everyone, to our message series on harvesting the fruits of the Spirit. Yes. Who, what other child raised their hand? Beth has a $50. Who's, who's ready, kids? Let's do a butterfly effect. Let's do a kindness project. Come on out. Come on out. Awesome. Awesome. You go. All right. Y'all try to remember to, to update us. Let us know how the, the butterfly effect goes for you. All right, so when we think about peace, patience, kindness, and gentleness, who comes to your mind? Your grandmother, maybe, Mr. Rogers, Bob Ross, maybe. I love Bob Ross. I absolutely loved watching his painting shows as a kid. When I just see him, I just beam. I think of peace. I feel peaceful and happy. There are many people who embody for us these fruits of the Spirit. And also, when I think of peace, one that comes to mind is Desmond Tutu, who spent his whole life working for peace. In case you're unfamiliar with him, he was baptized into the Methodist Church in 1932, but later his family became Anglicans, and he became a theologian and scholar. In 1984, he received the Nobel Peace Prize for his role as a unifying leader in the campaign to resolve the problem of apartheid in South Africa. Apartheid means apartness or separateness, and these policies enforced segregation. Basically the same thing the South had after slavery ended, where blacks had no civil rights and whites held all the power. In 1986, he became the Archbishop of Cape Town, the most senior position in South African's Anglican Church. He emphasized a consensus-building model of leadership, and he oversaw the introduction of female priests. As an activist against apartheid, he stressed nonviolent protest. He was an agent of peace, and he fought for peace nonviolently his whole life. When I think who embodies patience, I think of Nelson Mandela with his incredible patience. If you're not familiar with him, he was born a prince in his small tribe in South Africa, but his mother sent him to a Methodist missionary school where on his first day at school, he received a Christian name, Nelson, from one of his teachers. He went on to attend a Methodist college, studying law and becoming an attorney, working for social justice in his racially divided country. He became a political leader in South Africa, but was arrested and imprisoned in 1964 for opposing the apartheid government. At his trial, Mandela famously said, I have fought against white domination and I have fought against black domination. I have cherished the ideal of a democratic and free society in which all persons will live together in harmony and with equal opportunities. It's an ideal which I hope to live for and to see realized, but if needs be, it is an ideal for which I am prepared to die. He was kept a political prisoner for almost 30 years until February 1990 when he was finally released at age 71. From there... He, along with South African President F.W. de Cleric, worked patiently for three more years with both sides, the black Africans and the white Africans, to find a resolution to finally bring apartheid to an end in South Africa. 
a peace that was achieved through incredible patience. They too became joint recipients of the Nobel Peace Prize in 93. And in 94, Mandela was elected president and continued to lead South Africa in an effort of national reconciliation, urging them to become a rainbow nation, a term derived from his colleague Desmond Tutu. So when I think of patience, I think of Nelson Mandela. When we think of gentleness and kindness, who comes to mind? I think of Mother Teresa in all of her gentleness with people who suffered. I think of my own Meemaw in Parsons, Tennessee, one of the most kind and gentle ladies I ever knew. Who do you think of? We don't need to categorize these fruits of the Spirit as feminine or masculine virtues. They're not feminine nor masculine. They are human virtues. Both men and women can embody patience, peace, kindness, and gentleness. Maybe you had a grandfather who was an exceptionally kind and gentle person. I had a great uncle, Walter, who, even though he was an old World War II veteran, was known to everyone as the kindest man you'd ever meet. Everyone said, if all you had to give him for dinner was an old hot dog, he'd tell you that was the best hot dog he ever had. I named my son after him. And I'm so proud to see that even my son has grown into a kind young man, always ready to help his friends or anyone else. This past year, he became an emergency medical responder so he could be better equipped to help people when they're in a crisis. Maybe you see the fruits of the Spirit manifesting in your own children. Praise them whenever you see them, being kind or patient, gentle, or being a peacemaker with their friends. These qualities are as important as they're getting good grades. Yes, we want smart kids, but the world really needs a generation of kind, gentle, peaceful, patient people who can help this world heal and be an example for how God expects us to treat one another. What does it really look like to harvest these fruits of the Spirit in our lives? Do our kids see us treating one another with kindness, gentleness, patience, and peace? Anytime they see us standing up against injustice, they do. Because injustice is not of God. Anytime we resist patriarchy, they do. Because patriarchy is harmful. Anytime we resist patriarchy, exploitation, or any other form of injustice, we are displaying peace, patience, kindness, and gentleness. Because our humanity is all interconnected. My well-being is directly connected to your well-being. Our children's well-being in America is connected to the children's well-being in China. If there are people who are being oppressed, we need to do something about it as fellow human beings. If there are companies overseas exploiting child labor, and there are, we need to boycott their products. If there are women and girls being persecuted in parts of the world for just being born female, and there are, we need to speak up for women's rights worldwide. There are a multitude of ways in which we can harvest the fruits of peace, patience, kindness, and gentleness that will have a butterfly effect that benefits all of humanity. We care about the condition of all human beings because of God's Spirit living in us, urging us to have compassion for all of God's creation, urging us to harvest the fruits of the Spirit in spite of living in the middle of a fallen world. This nudging of the Spirit is a movement of God's sanctifying grace in our lives. God is nudging us all to become more and more like Jesus, 
to do better as we learn better. With each passing year, we learn new ways of being Jesus followers to harvest these fruits of the Spirit in all our interactions with others. We learn new ways to be kind to ourselves, and we learn new ways to be kind and gentle to the environment as well. This is the educational journey God has each one of us on, and it is brought to us by sanctifying grace. Let's talk about harvesting patience. That's a tough virtue to develop for some of us. It's hard for me because I like to go fast. What I try to remember is I want people to treat me with patience when I need it. So I take a deep breath, pause, and pray for God to give me patience when I feel I'm about to lose mine with someone. We're always supposed to try to love our neighbors as ourselves. What about harvesting peace? We live in an anxious, chaotic world. Whenever we say the serenity prayer, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference, we can often find relief from the anxiety. Because accepting things the way they are means we're no longer spending all our energy trying to resist and change situations that are futile. We accept reality and stop fighting it. We turn it over to God and remember God encourages us to trust in the Lord with all our hearts and lean not on our own understanding. We put the problems of the world and whatever problems we are facing in God's capable hands. Remembering God is the captain. We are just the co-pilot. God's view is much broader than ours. We can't see that far ahead, but we know God can. So we trust and wait until we receive instructions for our next right step. Now, about harvesting the fruits of kindness and gentleness, who has come to your mind as we've been talking about this? Meemaw or Papa, Nelson Mandela, Bob Ross? Think about people that you actually know in real life that you can mimic. We are blessed to live in a community of kindness here at GUMC. I personally think of my clergy mentor, Linda Gabriel, whenever I think of kindness and gentleness. Linda embodies these qualities even when people aren't watching her. She has been my mentor for almost 10 years now, and I have seen her walk through many tough situations with kindness, gentleness, grace, and a quiet strength that I just pray I too one day can have. I want to grow up to be like Linda. We can learn so well from simply watching others. Find a mentor to help you grow in your discipleship. As a Jesus follower, we all need older, wiser, more experienced Jesus followers to be sharing their experience, strength, and hope alongside us on our journeys. We all need guidance, and at times we all need someone to lean on to show us gentleness and kindness, so we will be ready to do the same when other people need us. Harvesting the fruits of kindness, gentleness, patience, and peace in our daily lives is easier when we have people demonstrating how to do it. We have wonderful examples right here in this place to look up to. It's easier when we remember what the Bible says about loving our neighbors as we love ourselves and we practice healthy boundaries in that love for others. It's easier when we make time to get away from the crowds like Jesus did. Turn all our troubles over to God. Pray the serenity prayer. Take a moment to just breathe, knowing God cares more about this world than we can imagine. 
And God wants us to participate in its healing. But God also expects us to rest, to remember the importance of Sabbath time that Jesus said was designed for us to take it easy, not wearing ourselves out with worry, because God loves us and God will give us directions for our next right steps to take on our journey. Sometimes we just have to wait with holy patience, feel the peace of God's presence, taking time to be kind and gentle with ourselves so that we can be rejuvenated by God. Harvesting the fruits of the Spirit requires taking personal time apart from the world to be alone with God, to be recharged. May God help us all to make time regularly so we will be fully equipped to go out and share those same fruits of the Spirit with the world that so desperately needs them. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the ways you have shown patience is during our month of October as we adapt to our floor refinishing. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, next Sunday we're back to business as usual. If it's not next Sunday, it's the 5th, but I think it might be next Sunday. So we're really getting close to being able to bring our coffee back in here. Thank you for your patience. Um, I want to send a special thank you over to Mr. Steve Donovan. He joined us as our bass player. Our brother Casey is visiting his baby girl in Baton Rouge. Thank you, Steve, for being with us and for offering your gifts today. If you're able, will you stand as we close our service with Good Good Father? I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender dead of night and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. for answers far and wide but I know we're all searching for answers only you provide cause you know just what we need before we